You ever wondered what it takes to hit 5 million views on TikTok? It seems there are all these people that overnight are having videos that just explode. So I tracked down one of them to interview her to find out how she did it. And it is none other than Sarah Oterra, who was on the podcast previously back in 2019, actually discussing the app when it first started gaining traction. So I'm very excited to share this episode with you. Uh, Enjoy. Welcome to the Boom Your Biz podcast, a podcast for the movers, the shakers, and even bigger action takers in business. I'm your host, Sonia McIntyre-Reed, and each week I'll be exploring the question of what really makes businesses and organizations thrive. I'm on a mission to educate, empower, and inspire business owners and myself along the way. Hello, Sarah. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hello, mate. How are you doing? I'm good. It's been a while since we've done a podcast episode together, isn't it? It's been a while, like, you know, pandemic long, you know? For the original fans of the Room Your Biz podcast, Sarah has been a guest a few times now. And one of those episodes was actually back in, I believe it was 2019, Sarah, <laughs> the original episodes where we sat down and talked about this brand new app that we were obsessed with that no one else had heard of called TikTok. And that's what we're about to talk about today. So two years down the line, you, my incredible friend, have had a series of videos, and one of them has reached over 5.5 million views. You're up to 150,000 followers, and seemingly this all happened overnight. So tell me about your talk journey, Sarah. <laughs> um, yeah, so we, you and I started on the platform two or three years ago when it was super new. That feels like such a weird thing to say, but it was super new when we were on it. And I loved it because it was really similar to Vine and kind of a shorter version of YouTube. So I got addicted quite quickly. And it was when you could actually scroll through TikTok and still get the same content, like you'd reach the bottom of the feed and it'd show you the same stuff again. That was, that doesn't happen anymore. But um, yeah, I've been on it the whole time and I quickly grew to really, really like it. I like the short format. I like the video format because I... um, like to watch things I don't really read things very well if you've ever seen me write any copy you know I'm not a good reader um but I you know we've been on there for a long time we've seen a lot of trends come and go and that's been pretty wild so I my personal journey was to publish just whatever I wanted across the platform whenever I felt like it because it it didn't have any of our friends there it didn't have any of the people that I know you were the only person that I knew on TikTok. So I posted whatever I wanted, craft and cooking and oh my God. my car. And cleaning your couch. That was yeah. an excellent one. I revisited that one two weekends ago and I actually messaged you and said, how did you do that again? <laughs> <laughs> highly recommend, highly recommend, you know, your little home steam cleaner. They're great. Um, and I just posted whatever I want because I've helped felt super free to do it because no one was watching, not cared. So I just did whatever I wanted. And then about a month ago, I published a video of me wearing my grandmother's coat and talking about something that I'd learned at uni. And then two days later, I woke up to 50,000 views and I was overwhelmed with joy at 50,000 views. It was wild. So that was really exciting. 
Yeah. And I mean, I think something that's really interesting about TikTok is that you might have a fantastic video that essentially, you know, gets these 50,000 views, but weeks down the line, it can still be gathering views. So I think last time we spoke about it, you said to me, oh, it's had 5.4 million views. I looked this morning, it's up to 5.5 million. Despite the fact that what, how long ago did you post this now? Uh, A month. Yes. Yeah. Nearly five weeks. Still gaining views. Um, And the video, look, I don't want to ruin it for you guys. I am going to link directly to the video Sarah posted in the show notes. Um, Without giving too much away, what do you think the reason is that this video got the traction that your others didn't? Mm, mm, Hard to say because I don't know. But, I mean, there's certain things in this video. So so the general theme of my page at the minute is puzzles, right? And I combine my what I learnt during my psychology degree at uni and then with my current skill set of video production and content creation. And I've combined the two and I've hit somehow hit this niche. I don't know how any of these people found it, but they it's hit a niche. So now there's a lot less effort in trying to reach out to new people because I'm, you know, the hashtag strategy we've talked about before. I don't, it's at a point where that's not as relevant to what I'm trying to do. Initially, absolutely, but like not so much anymore. And the theme of my content, they're puzzles. So they're they're very engaging as in like people have to participate or people choose to participate in the videos. So they leave a lot of comments, they share it, and then they share it to other platforms and, you know, all, all this engagement then pushes it further. And I think without that puzzle element, and I've posted a few random ones in there, they don't do as well. People watch it, they're like, no, that's nice. But, like, if they're engaging, it goes so much further. Mm, um, and I think it's really interesting to watch that video and seeing people debate in the comments about how you've done something in that video. I'm sounding like, you know, I'm keeping this big secret. You Guys, you'll get it once you go see the video. Please watch it. 60 seconds. It's in the show notes, which is the description of this podcast. Um, but, yeah, I think the next video that you posted was in response to a question from someone in the comments. That's a feature that is pretty well just used on TikTok, right? Tell us about that feature. Yeah, that's a really good question. I think this is what I noticed about some of the biggest uh, people I was following at the time, some of the, you know, the um, content creators I was following is that they will use a comment from a previous video and you can link it into your new video. You say respond with video and I've already pre-recorded the video I'm responding with and then I load it in. And so at the start of the video, I let it show that old comment and I usually have picked one that is about the trick or about the engagement or people's minds being blown or something like that or something a bit controversial where they think it's super easy and they're calling me an idiot, which is also fine because then that sucks in the next group of people um, to really engage in it. And I've always been sucked in by those. I always read those at the top of videos to see the context. So it's it's, it's another way to show social proof, I think, um, because someone else has watched the other one. So they're coming for this one. I think we talk um, because it started out with people being on there without their friends being on there. There's kind of like this global community and it feels, I don't know, it feels really different to the comments of, say, an Instagram post. You probably wouldn't have positive engagement on a stranger's Facebook comment feed or an Instagram (laughs) comment feed of a stranger, right? Like it's only really debates and fights that happen in those. But on TikTok, it's not like that at all. It's a completely different vibe. And the friends versus not friends, so your mutuals on TikTok, I've only got a couple of mutuals, 
maybe like a hundred. And one of the people that's mutual, the mutual friend equivalent is I get served that person's content like every 50 videos and it's driving me nuts. Like I don't want to see that much. Like the content's good, but I don't want to see it that often. Whereas if you don't follow people, you aren't mutually connected, you're being shown everything in the genres and in the areas of TikTok that you've engaged with before. The algorithm's really good like that. And I think it's really interesting having a look at how they've structured their For You page because essentially that is equivalent to the Instagram Discover page. The difference being, though, that you have two tabs, right? You've got your following tab and you've got the For You page. Your For You page still shows content from people that you're already following. Interesting. And I guess that keeps you engaged with that existing audience as well. Whereas on Instagram, if you're just going straight to the discover page all the time, you're not actually seeing your friend's content. So Mm. a little Mm. bit of a a different setup there. Um, I just want to talk quickly about uh, how you create your videos because I'm someone that has been saying for ages, hey, I really need to get onto TikTok. Um, And I've been saying that about TikToks way more than about Reels, right? And we've discussed this previously, but I feel like Reels are just regurgitated content from TikTok that's like three or four weeks old and old trends. And I'm like, nah, seen it before, boring, next. So it hasn't sucked me in in the same way. Um, So when you're creating your videos, Sarah, how do you do it? Do I need to be a video editing pro? Can I use the editing within the app? help where do I start (laughs) (laughs) um of all the social platforms I would say that the TikTok video editing inbuilt functions are really really good um the way that they've allowed all the features of overlaying text overlaying you know graphics or icons the filters like some really fun filters um this morning (laughs) I texted you to say hey they've introduced links for the first time ever, I've seen the ability when you're watching a video to link off. So the thing I clicked was to Wikipedia and the other thing I clicked was to a recipe on someone's website, which was wild. I've not seen that feature. But in terms of creating the content, in, in TikTok is great. There is a lot of functionality and features for people not that familiar uh, with video editing. You don't have to be a genius. And we've talked about this a bunch of times, but I think one of the biggest appeals of TikTok is how real it is you know that I've I've yet to see a brand dominate um through really curated polished that tens of thousands of dollars in photo shoots and video shoots and stuff it's all very organic very behind the scenes kind of feel to it Mm, yeah absolutely and I think um everyone when you see Sarah's videos you will note that look she hasn't edited them within the app full disclosure. But I think what your point there is, Sarah, that you don't need to be this incredible video editor to be producing good content or engaging content on TikTok. Yeah, that's right. And I don't edit inside the app most often because I'm quite good at Adobe. I I know that's the platform that I'm familiar with and I edit client work videos in in Adobe and I've been building up those skills for years. So that's part of my professional skill set. So it's quicker, easier for me to do it outside the app. And I know a lot of people use phone apps to edit them because they want a particular look or feel or filter or cut or whatever. Um, So I use a bunch of phone apps when I've been on the go for other kinds of content. Okay. What are some of those phone apps? I'll check them out. I really liked the Video Leap one and that's where you can get really smart. It's kind of like a mobile version of 
you know, After Effects and Premiere. It's pretty, it's pretty sharp. I'll, I'll, sh- I'll show you a link and if you want to share it with people, you can, you can put some. Please do. I will link to that in the show notes as well. We'll always after some handy tips about some things like that. Um, just touching quickly on what you said about brands. This is something that I've really been grappling with in my agency. We're seeing TikTok absolutely explode. Um, and when we have clients who have been using TikTok, we can then use some of that content for ads, which have seen absolutely incredible results. We're getting leads for a client at the moment, something like 29 cents per lead, which is insane prices. That's like circa 2015 (laughs) Facebook lead prices. Um, But we do organic social media management for clients. And I just do not see at this stage how we're going to introduce TikTok as a product offering with that. Um, Because as you said, there's no brands that are really dominating that it's like pre-planned kind of content trends move so quickly on TikTok. Something that um, was relevant three days ago might not be relevant anymore. Where do you see brands fitting in, in terms of having engaging pages? That's a really good question. And, and I'd answer that by saying, I don't know. I'm not sure. I have hunches about what I've seen and what I think might happen. Um, and, you know, there's always the early adopters and it happens a lot. It happens a lot in youth culture where, um, you know, always traditionally the, the young people adopt something and then everybody else sort of follows along. And last ones obviously being major brands because there's so many levels of approvals and brand reputation and management and all that kind of thing that we've learned now that we're professionals um, that come into it. So um, I think a brand to do it would need to be nimble, needs to be quick, needs to, you know, be, be open to trying new things and not stuck, I think, maybe in old ways that have always limited brands on social across every platform I think we've ever seen. There's always brands that are a bit, it's, they're playing it a bit safer, I think. Mm, absolutely. And I think the times that big brands that I know get my attention on TikTok, and I don't know, honestly, if this is because I'm a marketer and I go, oh, who will prove that? <laughs> oh, what it is. But it's when they kind of play it on the edge a little bit and it yeah. might be a bit cheeky or naughty. And I'm like, oh, didn't expect that from you. <laughs> That's what makes you go, oh, that was actually really engaging. And I've done that. And you, you know, you and I send each other TikToks all the time. You want to know how marketers know different things and think different things it's because we're all texting each other all this other stuff (laughs) but it's because you know we saw something the other day and it was from a brand we wouldn't expect to see this from very very big brand around here and it just you know they'd got like a junior or a younger person to to have input on it and it it felt native it didn't feel forced didn't feel weird um to have that brand's content in the feed they just I thought it was a personal account and someone's filming behind the scenes at their job but it was the official account for the brand which was captivating. I was like, this is great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, There's a fantastic one. It's like some juice product or something in Ireland. And I've sent that to you in the past. I'll find that as well, guys, and link that in the show notes. The quality of content on this page is subpar. Like it is terrible, (laughs) but it does the job because it looks like it fits in with all the other random content on TikTok. And the fact that it's coming from a branch, you're kind of like, oh my God, there's people behind this brand. This is funny. Um, The way I see it going with brands is two different options. 
Number one is showing behind the scenes, day-to-day real footage, packing orders. I've seen for some skincare brands that's worked really, really well. Um, And the other is what I would say is probably the biggest thing happening in marketing right now, and that is user-generated content. So essentially, I see brands engaging quote-unquote influencers, and this could just be anyone, like me with no followers could do this, where I'm trying the product and giving a real review I mean, there's a ton with makeup, right? There, like, I have bought guys so many products during lockdown that I'm like, I don't need this shit. But <laughs> someone, someone's random grandma on TikTok told me it was good, right? No. And it's not the beautiful people that I'm buying from. It is the everyday people that probably don't even have any followers. It's this massive shift happening. So I almost see there's the opportunity, and I see some agencies doing it already, but there to be some form of platform where you, I don't know, put your product into someone and then they give you user-generated content. And I'm not yeah. talking influencer marketing. There is a distinction there. Um, but again, my answer is as well as you. I don't know. I'm, this is just my hunch as well. Mm-hmm. The user-generated content and how that forms and what that looks like and how you set that up as a brand watch this space. I dare say, Sarah, we'll have to do an episode probably in three months' time when we're both clearer on this on just user-generated content. Um, But, yeah, it's interesting. It's far from polished. Absolutely. And one of the most, you know, back to the shopping thing, one of the most influential areas of TikTok, it's split up into niches, obviously, and whatever niche you're clicking on and liking, that's the niche you get served. But one one of the areas that I'm on is TikTok made me buy it. And it's just all this content of people, you know, using products or services or whatever it is of what they saw someone else use on TikTok. And those are the absolute most compelling um, unofficial ads I've ever seen. So if I can watch someone really use the steam cleaner on their couch, I'm way more convinced than if I see, you know, mega brand, mega polish, $10,000 shoot to blah. I want to see my mates and other people that remind me of myself using it and being like, yeah, that's pretty good. You know, it's got some shit bits, but it's pretty good. I'll oh buy. my God. I need to do a TikTok and say, Sarah Otera made me buy it for my couch steam cleaner. Honestly, guys. <laughs> it just brought up something to me that I think we spoke about maybe a week ago. Um, and somehow I found myself down the celebrity conspiracy theory or gossip theory. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, path, which, you know, I don't usually engage in that kind of content, but hey, it's been locked down. My mind's bored. I've been getting into it. And there was this woman that popped up, I would say like six weeks ago. And she was like, Kylie Jenner's pregnant. Here's the proof. And she went through and like dissected all of the photos, could see that at Kylie Jenner's birthday party, her nails were different to the official photos that she posted. And all these theories started popping up that basically Kylie had pre-shot all of these images to roll out content on her Instagram. Um, And then at her birthday party, there were no actual pictures of her, but her manicure was different, the picture that had gone up, blah, blah, blah. Lo and behold, last week it was announced that she is pregnant. And you and I got talking about the days of Perez Hilton where People like the Kardashians would go to Perez Hilton and they would leak stories. And that actually enables them to have some control of the narrative that is happening. My gut feeling is telling me that the same thing happened this time around with Kylie's pregnancy, except rather than going out to major 
I guess, influencers in the gossip space. Instead, they've gone out to a few TikTokers and leaked this, given them photos, whatever it might be. Um, so it's kind of like this buzz happening in the, their target demographic because realistically, like their target demographic is not reading gossip magazines anymore. They're not reading fashion blogs and things like that. They're on TikTok. So this was the best possible way that they could get that out there. Um, And just on that note, today was the Met Gala and I was messaging you all morning because on TikTok it had popped up for me that Kim Kardashian was dressed like totally covered head to toe in black. Um, No face showing at all. I think you see a ponytail, that is it. And I messaged you and said, oh, my God, this has popped up on TikTok. And that happened within the time of her leaving her hotel in New York to head to the event. And I was like, all right, what's the big reveal going to be? And she gets onto the red carpet and there is no big reveal. She is still absolutely covered. Her face is covered. But again, it's that controlled controversy. And we're all just sitting here waiting to go, what does it all mean? And I can guarantee you there will be TikTok celebrity conspiracy theorists out there right now putting it all together and they're all going to be flooding our feeds in the next 24 hours. Oh, yeah. And, you know, my theory is after you sent it to me, I was like, it's probably not her. It's probably someone else. She's somewhere else doing something else. Like we don't know if it's her. We don't know. And that could be part of the bigger thing. But look at the buzz that this has generated. We're talking about it today on a podcast. It's all across, you know, social media already. And, you know, it's a stunt, but like, you know, there's there's no outcome to it. And to your point earlier, the traditional PR and media landscape is, is really different. It's not like that. So leaking information or utilising uh, influences or on the ground, like that user-generated content, that, that's smart. But they are in the business, the Kardashian family are in the business of creating news, creating content. They are doing it very well and they are, you know, creating this whole mystique around it. So it doesn't actually matter what the outcome of who's under the mask kind of thing. That's fine. Exactly. It's keeping them relevant um, in a time when typically female celebrities, say over the age of 30, tend to get forgotten about, right? I mean, it's awful, but... Oh my God, obviously, obviously, because we're all all (laughs) scrolling through TikTok looking at her. Um, But I think it's keeping keeping Kim relevant and younger generations talking about her, whereas, what, 20 years ago, what do you think the chance would be? None. Yeah, and, yeah, and the media, like you said before, who I I couldn't tell you the last time I bought any kind of magazine, any kind, Mm -hmm. a few digital subscriptions to a couple of things here and there. But nothing. Don't see them. You don't see them in waiting waiting rooms for the doctor anymore. No one buys them because everybody's sitting on their phone. The media is in people's hands. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, Is there anything else that you wanted to touch on with observations around TikTok? Uh, I got two things. One's a nugget about uh, duets. Uh, If you are creating, (laughs) I'm going to, if you're creating duets, which is when you respond to a video with another video um, and it's kind of showing me your reaction. So if you're responding to my video, Sonia, you'd record yourself recording and speaking about it. And I watch those uh, for each video that gets created. Please don't create content like that sitting on the toilet or 
indisposed in any kind of way. Like that's on the internet. Use that as an opportunity to create platform. I have seen, <laughs> I have seen some stuff. Hang on a second. Like, like people have been <laughs> duetting your video while they're on the toilet. Yeah. Shut and up. announcing it. It's not even that they're just in the bathroom. Someone's like, I'm on the toilet. I was like, I don't want to watch this. So I left. So, so the point being, create content for your own viewers that you would like to watch. Like, I don't want to, I feel very uncomfortable <laughs> watching that. Um, well, I didn't even realize that when you duet a video that the original creator sees the duet that you made not even just the original creator that now lives under my sound so if you click on the audio of any of my videos and there has been duets to it anybody can watch those that is on the internet um, so, so, so the outcome of that is create content with with intention team just think about it and then uh what was my other thing oh create content that you like that's the biggest takeaway I've got after four weeks of of this it's very exciting to see growth and and have all these new mates responding and chatting to me and that's that's really nice but create content you would want to watch if you don't want to watch it I don't you know make it make it something you like and then you'll want to do it and I think at the end of the day, you've got to realize that um, TikTok and you posting content is fitting in at the top of the funnel within the brand awareness stage. This is to help you be discovered by new people, uh, get your product or your service out there with new people. Uh, the verdict is out, or the jury is out for me at the moment around whether or not this is something that will be super effective for local small businesses or service-based businesses. Um, I'm thinking more it's going to be great for coaches that can work with people internationally, for product-based businesses, anyone that wants to be a thought leader in their space. Um, But what you've got to realise as well is that, yeah, it is top of the funnel. It's brand awareness. Do not expect that to flood your uh, inbox with inquiries and sales and things like that. And I know that we saw a video about 12 months ago with this woman talking about how her video got a million views or a million likes or something, and she had no sales off the back of that. Um, you then have to have some form of funnel happening to actually channel people into buying. Uh, TikTok ads with what we have tested so far are working incredibly well. Um, and look, guys, if you can get people away to sign up to an email list or visit your website, this link situation that Sarah sees rolling out at the moment could be a great opportunity with that. Remember, you don't own the audience on the platform. So if you can get other forms of contact details, getting them uh, following you on other platforms as well, that way they're going to see you more frequently too so absolutely and you know I think one of the examples and and to your point having a million views their vanity metrics what does that lead to if it doesn't if you've got an e-com business and your website sucks and it can't push people through and no one converts a million views is lovely but like for what for a business and the local thing I think that's a really good point and unless you're targeting towards brand awareness purely and then some of it leads to sales so this is another option opportunity for you to market to people but that do you remember that um boiled lolly brand i think it's out of um like circular key somewhere in sydney in that main bit and when covid hit obviously no tourists and no foot traffic this old school handmade lolly business they had to pivot and one of the people in the team was a daughter or a granddaughter of the owner and they said hey I'm going to start publishing this content on um, TikTok and making behind the scenes video of rolling these boiled lollies out they have gone 
viral, so viral that my dad, my 65-year-old dad's like, hey, Sarah, I saw this thing about TikTok and the internet and I need to tell you, they have more orders than they can fulfill and they have opened up an international market to sell out their lollies. So that's not common at all, but that has happened. I just think that's mental. I just, that's so exciting. That's a daughter in the team rolling out these lollies saying, hey, dad, I'm going to share this. And it took off and they can't keep up. Oh, I love that so much. And I think that the reason TikTok has risen to fame so well is because of COVID. Honestly, it's meant a lot of businesses have had to pivot. People have more time on their hands. Um, You and I were on it like 12 months before everyone else seemed to even discover it was a thing, right? Uh, So perfect timing for TikTok, really, with COVID. (laughs) Uh, Absolutely. I don't know about you, but I've never watched so much content on my phone in my life. Mm-hmm. The last two years of the pandemic in Melbourne's lockdown, absolutely. I'm completely addicted. Send help. Do you see any other major social media companies actually being able to compete with TikTok? I mean, we've had Instagram respond with Reels. Uh, I know some people are obsessed with Reels. Again, I'm not a fan. But <laughs> them, you know, you know, like... Yeah, it's great. That doesn't mean they're not effective. I'm not saying that at all. Um, But I do not think it has come in and replaced TikTok completely. No, but they know that they've got a user base that they need to cater to. So Instagram has an existing, you know, billion users or whatever it is. You know, all these people are already there, so they're leveraging it with the features of other apps. They did the same thing with IGTV, which was meant to compete with YouTube, you know, and now they're moving towards the, I think you talked about this, Sonia, is that the Instagram is moving away from being a photo sharing app. They're now a video and content app to share to sell for e-com, something like that. Like it's, it's they are pivoting and changing their business. Um, YouTube have introduced a similar, you know, um, piece of competition to TikTok, which is called YouTube Shorts, um, and they are vertical videos. I think they're capped at about a minute, um, and they're very similar. I've repurposed content from TikTok onto YouTube Reels because you can monetize YouTube. Uh, YouTube Shorts, not Reels. You can you can monetize, so you can get creator fund on um, YouTube more than you can on other brands. I think. So out of curiosity, your video that has over 5 million views, Mm. have you made any money from that? No, no, not at all. Whereas if you're on YouTube, I'm pretty sure we can look up how much you would have made, but you'd be making a little bit of money. Imagine imagine (laughs) getting $1 for every view on all my videos in the last month. Well, that'd be nice. Wouldn't it? You'd be like $20 million richer. I'd open a lolly shop, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Raspberry licorice for everyone. (laughs) Sarah, thank you so much for taking the time to jump on. I'm going to link to all of the points we discussed in the show notes. And remember, guys, that is the description of this podcast episode. There will be clickable, sorry, links. Uh, Sarah, thank you so much. Thank you, mate. See you soon.